You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Activate your free Assembly Call membership today at assemblycall.com slash join. That's assemblycall.com slash join. And now, get ready for another brand new edition of the Assembly Call. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call. We'll call this a victorious episode of the Assembly Call. Is today, your Indiana Hoosiers announced their new coach. And that announcement, that name is Archie Miller, one of the names that has been talked about for actual, actually for a while when, you know, the Indiana job has come up as, you know, potentially if Tom Cream was in trouble, who might be a guy to take the Indiana job? Uh, Archie Miller's name has always been one that's been talked about. He's been an up and comer. And now he is the new coach of the Indiana Hoosiers. And we're here to break it down, provide some instant reaction, literally instant reaction, because this just happened a few minutes ago. Uh, and Galen Clavio from Crimson Cast is here uh, to join me and talk about it. Uh, I don't know if anybody else will be joining us. We'll see. Um, but let's uh, let's break this down. Uh, and Galen, let me just start with you and get your instant reaction on uh, on the hire. Instant reaction is a huge thumbs up. Uh, you know, certainly, I think with Fred Glass's initial statement uh, at the press conference, uh, what now nine days ago. The question was, okay, what direction is is Fred going to go in with this? How is he going to try and and attack this hire? We really don't know what went on behind the scenes. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors about, you know, maybe going after coaches with, you know, much larger national profiles. And who knows whether that actually happened or not. But uh, whether that was the case and this was plan B or whether Archie Miller ended up becoming plan A just through the natural uh, process – I think it's an excellent hire. Uh, so many positives with this gentleman. Uh, you know, he's he's 38 years old. He has had you know six years at Dayton, which is not a small school by any means. It's it's you know it's certainly I think bigger than a mid major. He's gotten them in the tournament the last four years. Uh, you know, his teams have shown a lot of promise on on both offense and defense. He has assistant head coaching experience in the Big Ten. He was an assistant coach at Ohio State from 2007 to 2009. He was an assistant under his brother at Arizona for two years. Uh, so he's a well-traveled coach. He's five and four already in the NCAA tournament. He's been doing Elite Eight. Um, you know, I think from the standpoint of if you're looking at, at potential coaches out there, guys that people in coaching circles have looked at uh, and said this person is could very well be special moving forward. Um, certainly, as Zach Osterman said in a tweet, there's not many coaches under the age of 40 that have as much upside and have already shown as much uh, as coaches as Archie Miller has so far. Yeah. Is my microphone better now? I know it was a little bit echoey at first. Okay, yeah. good. We put this together real quick, so it didn't quite get every all the, the eyes or T's crossed and eyes dotted. I know how much you hate not having the right microphone setting, so I just I wanted to... <laughs> It's the worst. It's the worst. So, you know, it's interesting because I had, you know, a couple of conversations with folks this morning, you know, and when I woke up, my thought was, okay, I feel like now that, you know, we know that Alford's not going to be the guy, you know, we kind of found that out last night. 
And, you know, so all the guys that Indiana was kind of rumored to be talking about other than Chris Mack aren't coaching anymore. I figured we would either find out something in the next 24 to maybe 48, 72 hours, or you start really thinking, okay, maybe, you know, there's legs to this Donovan thing and they're waiting that out. So I kind of figured it would go one of those two ways. And this, I wasn't quite expecting it to be this soon. Uh, but it, it certainly makes sense based on kind of how everything has gone, how this process has played out. And I'm with you. I mean, I, you know, I think I had Archie Miller down in like the number five, six range, you know, when we did our list, obviously with, you know, Donovan and Bennett and his brother, Sean Miller. And then I think, you know, from there, I thought those guys were kind of clearly ahead. And then I, I, I didn't, it was hard to separate, you know, the Chris Collinses and the Chris Max and, and Archie Miller's really from each other. Um, do you, you know, as you look at that, is there something about him that puts him clearly above those guys? Or, or do you think that he was just, you know, kind of similar to all those other guys that were being rumored uh, that might be the coach? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say what's going into the, you know, the, the, the evaluatory process. Let me, you know what, what might actually make, you know, help us out here. Uh, Fred Glass did have a statement that was released in the, uh, in the email that IU just sent out announcing the hire. I'm going to go ahead and just read it. Let's read that. Go yeah. off from that. While there was great interest in this position, Archie Miller was on my shortlist from the very beginning, said Fred Glass. The more I learned about him, the more convinced I became that he is the coach we need to meet our high expectations for many years to come. First, he has the commitments to compliance, wellness, and academics that we require at Indiana. A coach's son with the headiness and toughness to flourish as a 5'9 major college point guard. Archie is a proven leader, proven winner, proven recruiter, and a proven player developer with a defense-first mentality that will help us win championships. Perhaps most importantly, he understands and embraces the special stature of Indiana University basketball and the critical relationship it must have with its former players, Indiana high school players and programs, and the entire state of Indiana. So if I'm going to parse off of that, first of all, it's a very nice, you know, valediction of, of Archie and the hire. I, I have to think that Archie Miller's involvement in recruiting in the state of Indiana uh, probably plays a role in this. I have to think that his familiarity with the region as a whole, um, the fact that he's done it for six years as a head coach uh, at a program that is you know, a, a pretty base, a pretty basketball first sort of program. I mean, you know, Dayton certainly isn't in Indiana, but, but it, that's, that's what Dayton is. I mean, Dayton university is kind of their basketball program first. And then, you know, that's, that's their calling card. Um, you know, trying to parse them out from, I, I mean, certainly I imagine I, you probably looked at some of those, those upper echelon figures, you know, if we, we talked about Billy Donovan, we talked about Tony Bennett, we talked about Sean Miller. I think it's plausible that, uh, you know, if they talked to any of those people and offered them the position, they might have just said, you know, I'm, I'm flattered, but this isn't where I want to go uh, with my career. Uh, we probably won't know any of those details. Uh, but honestly, you know, it's it's interesting when when we first started discussing the possibility of Tom Crean no longer being the coach at IU, Archie Miller was always one of the first names that came up. You know, it was he was always one of those names where you were like, you know, that guy we think is ready to step up to this level. Um, you know, his, his name had gotten dropped uh, somewhat because there was this argument that he was going to wait for his dream job, which was supposedly the Ohio state job. And so, because we believed that, I think many of us kind of took him out of the running or moved him further. That, down that concerned list. me a little bit as, as we started parsing these, you know, and, and, right. and I guess in hindsight now, it kind of seems a little bit ridiculous, but is that at all? I mean, do we wonder if that's his dream job? And I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't, 
it's hard for who's has Archie Miller ever said that that's his dream job. I don't think I've yeah, ever no, read him saying know. it. I mean, I, it's media yeah. members, uh, many of whom were claiming that Steve Alford was a, a no brainer going to get the job like complete shoe in uh, as recently as 24 hours ago. So it's who knows what to believe. I'm not concerned about it at all. Um, and I think if you're going to look at, you know, at, at Archie Miller versus other people who were in that category of coach, which included like Chris Holtman, which included Chris Collins, uh, which included Chris Mack. I mean, I think you could argue that Archie's had more consistency and perhaps more, um, more appreciable success having been to an elite eight than, than some of the other guys have either because of, you know, they haven't been there as long or they haven't done it for as long. Yeah. And, you know, just, just kind of looking at the numbers here, you know, obviously Dayton, they went 24 and eight this year, 15 and three in the conference, but they did win their conference this year. That makes it the second year in a row uh, that they've won the conference title last year. They tied for first this year. It was an outright title. And the year before that they were second. Uh, And then in the three seasons that he was a head coach at Dayton prior to that, they finished fifth, 11th uh, and tied for fifth. And that 2013, 14 season where they tied for fifth, they finished 26 and 11, and that's the year they made the run to the Elite Eight. And they've now made the NCAA tournament uh, four years in a row, an Elite Eight appearance, a round of 32 appearance. The last two years they have lost uh, in the round of 64. But it should also be noted they have been a, a victim, I think, even of an objective viewpoint of kind of maybe being underseeded and then having some really tough matchups uh, in yeah. their NCAA tournament you know, appearances. So I wouldn't you can't just look at that and say like, Oh, they've choked in the first round of the tournament. I mean, they lost those games obviously, but they also had some pretty tough matchups there. I mean, um, I mean, I mean this year they, they get a first round draw against a Wichita state team that if you go by Ken Palm probably should have been a three seed or a four seed and they get them in the first round and they played them tooth and nail. I mean, like as well as Kentucky played against Wichita state, I think you can make an argument. Dayton played almost as good, if not better uh, against Wichita State. The previous year, they get drawn against a Syracuse team that, you know, goes to the final four uh, in the first round of the tournament. Um, you know, I mean, look, that it's, uh, yeah, there's there's certainly been, I think, some some uh, some underseeding. You, you have to like what they they did the previous two years, you know, getting to, um, getting to the Elite Eight in 2014. You know, they beat Ohio State, Syracuse, and Stanford along the way. Uh, and look, I, you know, even bringing it back to a, a more basic level, it's hard to have sustained success in the tournament when you're not at a, a school that's in a big conference. I mean, the, the A-10 is, you know, at, at that particular talent level, that's a tough conference. And you consider that, you know, what what he was able to do in that NCAA tournament when they went to the Elite Eight, I don't think they had a player on their roster that was above like six, six or six, seven. And they somehow still managed to make a run all the way there. I mean, this is a guy who's, who's really shown a lot of promise with a limited resource set. And I'm for one, quite excited to see what he'll be able to do with the full toolbox. Oh, no question about it. So I totally neglected to mention our Who's Your Proud Banner moment at the beginning <laughs> of this episode. I think it should be quite easy. Uh, the hiring of Archie Miller, uh, which, hey, you know, we've got a coach. There's a lot of upside with this coach. We can now look forward to hanging that sixth banner, which is always, always our goal. Uh, one thing that I want to do, Galen, is I want to, you know, for folks like me, I mean, I haven't watched much Dayton basketball. I don't think I've ever watched a minute of Dayton basketball outside of, you know, play in the NCAA tournament. So I'd like to go through 
Um, and, and let's just kind of go through and we can look on Ken Palm and kind of go through his statistical profile. And let's let's kind of yeah. identify what are the hallmarks of an Archie Miller team? What can Indiana fans expect? Uh, we'll do that here in a moment. Uh, I do real quick want to take a quick minute and tell you about our sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts, like tickets for IU basketball games next year, uh, which now seem extraordinarily exciting to have, uh, has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that, but SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. SeatGeek is the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert because everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. They actually do the price comparison for you on SeatGeek by searching multiple ticket sites, and that ensures that you get the best possible deal. So they do the work. You save the time and money. Uh, best of all, our listeners get a $20 rebate off of their first SeatGeek purchase. So to get your $20 rebate, Download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and enter the promo code assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code assembly today. All right, so let's, and by the way, the terms of the contract, we should mention that too. It's uh, seven years and roughly in the neighborhood of $4 million a year, right? That's is that what, what the, I saw? That, that is what the vertical is reporting right now, yes. Okay. Which, you know, monetarily that that seems pretty reasonable. Crean was making what 3.1, I think, or somewhere was, in the It was like 3.3. 3. Um yeah, I mean, I mean, but it, it's it's about what um what I would have expected. I mean, if you look at the the list, certainly, you know, Shashevsky and Calipari are making more than everybody else. Uh, and then you get down below that, um according to the last graph I saw, which was 2016, so last year, Sean Miller was making 4.5 a year, and Bill Self was making 4.7. So this would, if this is the case, it would put him as the fifth highest paid coach in college basketball. Very nice. Okay. Um, so let's, I've got the Ken Palm page open uh, for Archie Miller, and let, let's go through here. And maybe before we dig into the numbers, do you have more experience perhaps than I do actually watching Dayton play to maybe just give a, a snapshot of what an Archie Miller team looks like in general well i mean i've i've got some experience watching them i mean i'm, I'm not sitting there watching a, a tremendous number of a10 games but <laughs> you know i mean what i've what i've always been impressed by and I, and I don't even know if this necessarily shines through in in an individual statistical category but i've really always been impressed with the intensity with which his teams play uh you know to me that's always been kind of the hallmark of of how he's played they've um you know they they do have a tendency, I think, on on offense to play uh, a little bit fast and then to try to slow their opponents down on defense. Um, you know, so uh, you know if you look just for instance at the last couple of years, they've averaged about 16 seconds of possession on offense, so they're not afraid to kind of push it a little bit. Uh, defensively, uh, their opponents are taking about 18 and a half seconds. Uh, which is actually one of the the longer possession times in college basketball. So they really do try to try to use defensive pressure to extend the opponent's possessions while while uh, you know taking advantage of things offensively themselves. You know they, they've they've never really, at least in the times that I've watched them and looking back at the rosters that he's had, it's been very rare for them to have much height. Um, I mean, you you know, like you go back and you look at. The, the 2014 team I already mentioned, I mean, they had they only had two players on that roster above 6'6", 
And that, you know, even in this past year, I think they had a, a guy that was six, nine, they had uh, a guy that was six, seven. Uh, I don't think that that's a choice. I think that's more of a reality of, of the recruiting scene. Um, but, uh, but no, I've always, like I said, I've been impressed with their intensity and I've been impressed with, uh, with, you know, the fact that they play a lot of, of pretty close games. I mean, you know, looking back at the games that they played this year, they only had one game where they lost uh, that where I think the margin was greater than six. Um, you know, so, and you look at the games that they lost this year. I mean, they lost to St. Mary's at home. There's, there's no real crime in that. They lost to Nebraska on a neutral floor. They lost to Northwestern in Chicago. Um, they lost to VCU on the road, not an easy place to play. Um, you know, so like the, the, they've, they, they tend to take care of business and, um, so it's 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 interesting they they don't all, they don't rebound the ball particularly well on the offensive glass but the rest of what they do offensively seems to compensate for that. Yeah, and you know one thing obviously Indiana fans are going to want to look at after this year is do they turn the ball over a lot? And you know for this year they had a turnover percentage of 16.9%, which sounds impossible. Like how could a team actually have a turnover percentage that low in a game, right? Amazing. Uh, that was 62nd in the country uh, in 2016 they were actually 219th at 18.6% and then 96th in 2015. Um, one thing, you know, going through here, especially the last four years, uh, you know, looking at their non-conference strength of schedule, because that's been another question for Indiana, you know, obviously the poor non-conference scheduling. And it's a little bit, it's not really an apples to apples comparison for a Dayton to an Indiana because Dayton really has to go out. And I mean, it's imperative that they schedule better teams in the non-conference schedule to improve their NCAA tournament chances. Whereas Indiana doesn't quote unquote have to do that. Although we've talked about it ad nauseum, they should. Uh, but this year, Dayton's non-conference strength of schedule was se- uh, 74th in the country. Last year, uh, it was 23rd. The year before that, it was 71st. So clearly, you know, Archie and Dayton understanding the realities of trying to get an NCAA tournament berth at a smaller conference and not being afraid to go challenge his team, which you like to see. So we will see if that translates, you know, to Indiana. And he's obviously only going to have so much control over that. Uh, for this upcoming season, but you at least like to see that in his history that he's not just trying to pad the win total. They're going out there and playing, you know, a, a pretty solid non-conference schedule, and that yeah. would be a breath of fresh air given what we've seen at IU. Yeah, recently. you know, you look at the you look at who they played this year, uh, and he, as you mentioned, it's not apples to apples, but but even in the in the week the weakest games they played this year, they played VMI and Portland and Austin P, but. They also played Alabama, St. Mary's. They were in a tournament where they ended up playing Nebraska and New Mexico, uh, both of whom were you know top 150 teams. They played East Tennessee State, who was a very good mid-major this year. They played Northwestern. They played Vanderbilt. Um, you know, in, in previous years, they you know they've they've played against Iowa in a in the tournament. I think they were in Atlantis a couple of years ago. So they had Iowa and they had Xavier. They actually won a couple of those games. They beat Monmouth. They beat Vanderbilt on the road last year. They played Arkansas in a non-conference game. I mean, this is what we've been talking about. It's like you're not going out and scheduling Kansas and, you know, the Duke as your non-conference teams, but you're scheduling, uh, you know, top 100 teams, teams that are going to help your power rating and help your team get better. And and it seems like this is a guy that understands or believes at least that that's, that's a route to, you know, to getting a better basketball team. And help you identify weaknesses, more importantly than anything. I mean, imagine if there had been more teams like Fort Wayne in the non-conference schedule. I mean, that Fort Wayne identified some major weaknesses for this team. Maybe you can address them earlier than 
Anyway, that that definitely is an argument for another day. We don't need to dive into that right now. Let, let me ask you this, just to play devil's advocate here, because we are basking in the afterglow of Indiana announcing their new coach. You know, to a certain extent, unless it was just totally off the radar and, you know, someone who's had horrible success, I think we were all going to be excited just because so much has built up over the past week or so. But the reality is this. The name wasn't Billy Donovan. The name wasn't Tony Bennett. The name wasn't Sean Miller. And I think most people, you know, when they had him ranked, had those guys, you know, kind of clearly above. And then maybe Archie Miller in that next group, as we mentioned. So is there any cause for disappointment that Indiana wasn't able to get one of those top, top guys? Uh, You know, again, there's a lot of enthusiasm and there's a ton of reason to be excited about Archie Miller. But should we at all have a twinge of, hmm, you know, kind of wish Indiana had been able to get a guy a little bit higher on the list. Do you feel any of that? Do you think IU fans should feel any of that? No. I mean, look, I look at it like this. You know, prior to the coaching search getting going, I wrote an article talking about where coaches come from and where good coaches come from. And this idea that if you're an IU, that you have to hire a top coach who's got an impeccable resume already in order to guarantee success, that's just, I don't believe in that. I don't think that that's, that's what we've seen from a lot of, of major programs. Uh, you know, certainly programs that have become major over the course of the last 20 years or so, they've gone out and they've hired a coach that's promising, has shown some degree of promise leading into, uh, you know, their, their big shot at a top level job. Um, you know, it's no sure thing that, you know, someone like a Tony Bennett or a Sean Miller is going to have the sort of success that they would have here. And, you know, while they've had success at a higher level than, than a, uh, you know, than, than an Archie Miller has, you could also look at where those guys came from. You know, Sean Miller was the coach at Xavier and did a good job at Xavier. Xavier's a better program than Dayton, um, you know, was able to get slightly higher seeds, but didn't accomplish any more at Xavier than Archie Miller has at Dayton. Tony Bennett had a nice run for three years at Washington State and then got hired to take over a Virginia program that was kind of in the middle of nowhere uh, as far as basketball was concerned. And so, you know, if we're looking at those guys and we're saying, well, there were smart people in their athletic departments who looked at those coaches before they were what they became and said, their abilities and their acumen as basketball coaches is going to help to take our program where it needs to go. Uh, I don't see why that same logic can't apply to this Archie Miller hire. I just, to me, the idea, I, I, I honestly think um, we'll never know for sure because they'll never say anything, but I honestly think that, uh, you know, overtures were made to at least one of those coaches, maybe two of them uh, in that top three that we were mentioning. Um, And who knows what the reasoning was why that didn't work out. I don't think that there's any need to be disappointed if that was the case, that it didn't work out. And I look at this and I say, you know, part of, part of being a good, like top level basketball program and a top level athletic department is analysis and, and, and trying to figure out is this, does this person have what it takes to win at this level? Um, and it's not always the best thing in the world to just go try to find the guy who's already doing it. A lot of times it's, it's what you need to do to go out and find the guy who, you know, is about ready to do it because that's where the energy is going to come from. Um, you know, the guy who's got his first crack, who's already shown a lot of potential, a lot of promise being able to come into a program like Indiana 
and take it and 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 infuse that energy into what the program is doing. Um, so I think a lot of people took Fred Glass parts of what Fred Glass said literally and just disregarded other parts of it and are now saying, well, Fred really overpromised and underdelivered with this hire. I'm seeing that already on some of the message boards oh, uh, and on Twitter. And I just don't. Uh, to me, that's. That's a, that's a, I'm sorry if you're looking at it that way. I think that that's a, that's a kind of a defeatist way of looking at it, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, tweet from Rick Bozich talked to two coaches about hiring of Archie Miller. First said terrific. Second send second said best all around pick. Uh, Dana O'Neill tweeted what Indiana will like most about Archie Miller. No pretense. He's basketball through and through. Um, here's the, the statement from Archie Miller. Uh, this was tweeted out. He said, excited to be a Hoosier. Uh, I am honored to be the head coach at Indiana University, said Miller. IU is one of the greatest basketball programs and academic institutions in the country, and I cannot wait to get started with peerless fan support, outstanding facilities and tradition, a beautiful campus, and located in one of the most fertile recruiting areas in the country, IU is a dream destination for me and my family. I cannot wait to connect with former players, current players, and future players, and all of Hoosier Nation. I want to thank all of the great people and players at the University of Dayton who have supported me along the way. I look forward to outlining my vision for IU basketball and offering my sincerest appreciation for the great people at Dayton on Monday. And at the end of the day, it's Indiana. It's Indiana, the absolute pinnacle. Of, no, I'm just kidding. He didn't end the statement. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't. I don't, I don't, I don't need, I don't need any PTSD this morning, Jared. Okay. <laughs> no, he take off, take off that last part. But I mean, that's a great statement. Um, seems perfectly manicured to fit into everything that Fred Glass kind of laid out in his, uh, in in his press conference. Um, you know, and that's that's what you want. You know, I think at the end of the day. As fans, we want someone who values the opportunity of being at Indiana and words in a press conference and words in a statement are cheap. Obviously, you really back that up with action over a number of years and that will be shown. Um, but again, you know, a guy who's young that has the potential to grow into the job and and kind of go to the next level as he takes the Indiana program to the next level and a guy who's young enough to be at Indiana for 25, 30 years and really build a long legacy there. Uh, I do you know, agree with what you said earlier that he seems to offer perhaps the best combination of all the candidates of youth, still kind of enough of a blank slate in terms of we haven't seen him in a big conference yet. You know, it's like Tony Bennett. We saw him at Virginia. You know, we kind of saw what they did. So maybe he's a little bit more of a known quantity and they won a lot there, but there were obviously some questions about how well he would fit at Indiana. And they're going to be questions about anybody until we see them actually uh, uh, coach yeah. at Indiana. But I, I do agree. And that's one of the reasons I was always intrigued by Archie. And in hindsight, perhaps I overrated the Ohio state as his dream job thing, but that did kind of scare me a little bit only because I don't want Indiana to ever be a stepping stone job for anybody. But I think if you operate from a position of strength, which is what we should do as Indiana University basketball, there isn't a better job in the Big Ten. So if a guy gets there, you know, if we can't convince wow. him to stay and coach basketball at Indiana as opposed to Ohio State, then maybe we're doing something wrong. You I know? mean, look, I, I look at it like this, you know, you know what Fad Mata's dream job always was? Indiana, right? Indiana. And he, <laughs> yeah. he he's still at Ohio State, and he took Ohio State to, you know, what, a couple of Final Fours and has done some great recruiting there. And, I mean, certainly he's having some problem now. But, I mean, this idea that, oh, my dream job is X, and therefore, I, you know, I'm going to leave for that, or I shouldn't be considered for this other job. I don't know. I To me, 
I'm not worried about any of that. Uh, and I think if, yeah. if you're a guy that, that is, you know, once you get to the big time, you're going to take the most advantage of what you've got. And yeah, I mean, you're going to, the, the chances of, of Archie Miller, you know, getting here and, you know, really making this job his own are as good as anybody's, you know? And, and so I, I don't see any problem with this whatsoever. I really don't. Um, I wanted to, there was a statement. I just lost it on my phone. Okay. So here's, here's a statement. This is actually from, I believe the, the AD at Dayton. I want to extend our deepest gratitude and sincere thanks to Archie for an incredible run. He is a first class person and coach and has made incredible contributions to our men's basketball program, the university and the community. He has made a lasting impact on the student athletes. He has served university of Dayton president, Eric Spina added, Although the university is saddened by Archie's departure, we are grateful for his tenacity and the support he provided our student athletes on and off the court. We appreciate Archie's contributions in strengthening our program and returning it to national visibility. And we wish Archie and Morgan well. I'm assuming Morgan is his wife. Uh, this is a great basketball program in a great basketball town, and we will hire a great coach to build on that tradition. And certainly, we hope Dayton does that. You know, one thing that's always interesting for me when a coach is hired away is seeing the reaction of the fan base and of, you know, kind of the, the powers that be at that school. Are they happy to see him go? Uh, what are some of the things that they're saying? Because, you know, actually, if you, in hindsight, if you go back and look at some of the, the reaction of Marquette fans when Tom Crean left, it's interesting how much of, and not all of it, of course, but how much of what they said kind of came to fruition over the nine years. And they had obviously a long sample size uh, with him at Marquette. And, and certainly a young coach can grow and, and you know, become better and do new things with additional resources and, and what Archie will have going from Dayton to Indiana. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he's a person. And there are certain things about him and his coaching style uh, that will stay the same and what he does in game and all of those things. And that's, you know, one thing I, I said to myself I wanted to do once the hire was made is really kind of go back and dig in. And what are, you know, what are some of the fans saying about him? What, you know, what gets written about him as he leaves from Dayton fans? Is it similar to what IU fans were saying about Tom Crean, where it's like it's time to move on and, and this, that or the other thing was kind of a, a, a problem for many years? Or are they devastated that this amazing coach that they had in their grasp? is now leaving. Uh, my guess is it's going to shade more toward the latter than the former. I have no idea without getting in there and looking. Do you have any sense? I'm looking, I'm looking at udpride.com right now, Jared. I'm, I am on the ball That's with nice. this reporting. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of concerns about the recruiting class, which apparently is really good that they've got coming in. Um, had to know concerns this that he might try and take some of those guys to Indiana. Well, or maybe just concerns that they might decommit and look elsewhere. You know, I he mean, does have some scholarships to work with. I mean, he does <laughs> well, or does he? Well, uh, right now he does not actually. And James Blackman true. Jr. Just, just tweeted the emoji eyes. So I don't know what yeah. that means, but uh, yeah. comments, you know, um, disappointment. It's mostly it's I, almost all disappointment. Um, you know, after what he did for us, I wish him well, um, you know, can't hate on Archie leaving did great things for our program thanks for the hard work and for taking UD to the next level coach good luck at IU thank you Archie we love you and good luck that's that's it's it's about as uniformly positive as um as I as I can find this is one of those situations where I'm not surprised but still disappointed um so no there's there's not a don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out sort of vibe that I'm getting at all. That's one message thread on one message board. So who can say what the larger thing is, but if as a, as a small sample size, I think they missed the guy already. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's good. That's what you want for a coach that's coming into your program. Um, we did, we did have a comment. Uh, Jay Horry just commented. It's going to be nice to have, be a pleasant change to have an IU coach that's welcome in Indiana high school gyms. Uh, <laughs> do we, do we know a, a lot has been made about a guy's ability to recruit Indiana. And I know, you know, people talked up Chris Mack, not just because of his coaching acumen, but because he pulled Trevon Blewett out of Indiana and Steve Alford had recruited the state. Do we have any experience of Archie Miller recruiting the state? And do you think that's overblown, uh, um, at all? Like, no, I don't. I don't think it's overblown. I think there was definitely a split that had occurred between Crean and uh, and and I and Indiana high school coaches no, and, and AAU and, coaches. And let um, me clarify. Let me clarify. I think recruiting the state is important, but do you oh. think a coach's previous like demonstrated ability to come pull recruits out of Indiana makes a difference, or if he's a good recruiter and cares about it, he can rebuild some of those relationships in Indiana, or did he well, need some of that coming in? I think, I mean, it helps to have a little bit of it coming in, and I think he's got that. I mean, you know, you, you can't coach at Dayton and have coached, you know, as an assistant at Ohio State and not be known um, you know, for recruiting that area. And, and as, as Jay just pointed out, Archie's been successful recruiting Chicago and Cincinnati in the, uh, in the past. He's well known in the Midwest by AAU coaches and high school coaches. So from a regional perspective, I think that's helpful. It's something I think that people need to keep in mind. You know, I want, I want to see Indiana kids at IU. Uh, I want to see us going hard after Indiana kids, but keep in mind that, you know, Bob Knight's best teams tended to rely on, on kids from not just Indiana, but also from Ohio and from Illinois. Uh, you know, so it's not just, to me, it's not just a state thing. It's a region thing. And the idea of being able to, to stay at home and keep those sorts of, of high school players in the mix. Yeah. So what other angles of this do we, do we need to cover? I've never, I've never hosted a show after a, uh, after a coaching, uh, you know, a new coach we've done the show now for, this will be our seventh year coming up. Uh, and all of those seasons have been with Tom Crean, which is kind of amazing. It's really, it's such uncharted territory to be now looking at an Indiana program under a guy like Archie Miller. So, and maybe the next thing to look at is, okay, We've got the coach, so what's next? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, he there are decisions to be made by James Blackman Jr., Thomas Bryant. You know, OG reports have indicated that he's leaning toward going pro, but, you know, does this change that? Who knows about that? Um, even, you know, a guy like Colin Hartman could be- come back and play if he wants to. And then the recruits, you know, Justin Smith signed a letter of intent. Uh, I don't believe he is asked out of that yet. Al Durham and Clifton Moore both have. You would certainly think, especially a guy like Clifton Moore, who's 6'10 and can shoot, and for a coach that hasn't had a lot of size, uh, you would think that a guy like Clifton Moore, he'd probably want to try and keep around. I mean, are those, I mean, other than all of the family obligations and just kind of the whirlwind that it's going to be for Archie Miller in his personal life, are those the next steps for him is to, you know, kind of reach out to the current players, the the committed recruits, and then maybe even to the recruits that he had committed to Dayton and start assembling his roster for next year? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the the first order of business. You know, it's interesting because this is this is great timing for IU because you're going to have a a player in place who or excuse me, a coach in place who will now have a few days to get ready before going to the final four. Uh, you know, which is where all the coaches are. I've talked with, you know, some some AAU coaches about how this process works. And, you know, you really want to have a head coach in place by that point because that's where they're building their staff. That's where they're networking with people. That's where they're kind of figuring out what their strategic plan is going to be. 
moving forward. And now what we look at is a coach that we know is going to be in place for the live recruiting period, which I think starts the week after the final four. The The roster decisions are going to be fascinating, you know, because it's, it is certainly about what James and, and Thomas Bryant and OG want to do. But, you know, it'll also be interesting to see what Archie Miller wants to do with the roster coming in. You know, there, there's players that are, uh, that he's recruited, certainly, that we want to take a look at. There's probably certain players on the roster that he may look at and be like, well, that they don't necessarily fit into what I'm planning on doing long term. There's a lot that we don't know about yet. And I think that, um, you know, we're going we're to have the press conference on Monday. We're going to have a, a period of kind of, I guess, maybe an aura around the program where it's like, ooh, what are the possibilities? And then as we get into into April, I think that's where we're going to see roster stuff happening. We're going to see the finalization of the recruiting class, and then we're going to have to just settle in and not really know a whole lot. You know, that that that's kind of the weird thing. Like even in the Tom Crean uh, years where things hadn't gone well, we had a pretty good sense by like early to mid-April of what trajectory things were going to go. Right now, everything's up in the air. I mean, we don't know who's going to be on Archie Miller's staff. Uh, we don't know like what their targets are going to be for this year or for next year. So much up in the air. It's it's almost overwhelming just trying to like you know think about the different permutations and what might happen. Boy, it is. It is, but it's fun and it's exciting and it's new. And I think more than anything, that's really what Indiana needed. You know, and, and to a certain extent, that's gotten lost some in the narrative about Tom Crean and and you know why he was fired and the unfairness of IU fans and all the weird storylines and somewhat inaccurate storylines that have gone on around that. But to a certain extent, I think everybody needed something new and fresh because there just there was no longer any hope. Like it felt like the ceiling had been reached with Tom Crean. It didn't seem like there was a lot of additional light at the end of the tunnel beyond the good times that we had already experienced. And now the Archie Miller era at Indiana is a blank slate. And there's enough in his certainly in his resume uh, to suggest that 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 greater things are on the horizon. There's certainly you're certainly encouraged by all the things that you hear people say about him. And again, that, you know, comments like those are a dime a dozen and not worth anything. All that matters is what is actually done on the court. But it really does seem like a time of great potential and a time of great hope where all things once again seem possible with Indiana basketball. And that's a nice place to be in uh, after really for a few years. And, you know, for some folks, perhaps even more, you know, not feeling that and feeling like, you know, the, the program had a bit of a ceiling on it, um, given given the leadership um, and, and this seems to open that back up again. And that's a, that's a nice place to be. There's always going to be, you know, the, the, and you know, someone pointed this out on my feet. You know, everybody thought Tom Crean was the right hire uh, when he was first hired, and that's true. Uh, and, and look, we, you don't ever know how things are going to go, how things are going to end up. Uh, but what I do know is this: you know, given the uh, given the way that Archie Miller is considered within the the, the coaching fraternity given the way that he's considered within the media fraternity, um, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a very positive feeling, a very good potential feeling that you have with Miller as the coach. I mean, we don't, I mean, and again, I think from the standpoint of, of how we judge the hire, we're not going to know for a few years, uh, and, and, but we don't need to judge the hire right now. We can, we can simply look at what's gone on with, um, 
you know, IU basketball over the last few years and say, well, this is an area we don't necessarily want to be in and let the guy kind of do his job and see where it takes us. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I really am. I am too. And, and I think I'm sure, you know, and again, they're going to be like someone just tweeted me and said, totally underwhelming. I'm, I don't think they're outside of Billy Donovan. You know, again, I don't think there was a name that everybody was just going to think was a grand slam hire. Uh, I even had someone tweet me yesterday, like, why do we want Donovan? Which was, you know, a ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous wow. statement, which just shows you that some people, you know, aren't, aren't thinking clearly. Um, <laughs> There's a lot, you know, that's the thing. I mean, and this was, you're never going to have, or rarely, I guess, rarely are you going to have just a, a hire that everybody jumps on immediately. Some people have decided to look into this coaching search and they decided that Fred Glass was going to have to hire you know, the best coach in America, or it was going to be a failed search and it was going to demonstrate, you know, whatever agenda they were, they were driving. Or, you know, you could look at it and say, okay, um, this is a dynamic sort of thing. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that go into it. And so rather than go in almost hoping to be disappointed, I'm going to go into it and say, all right, let's, let's give this some time. Let's take a look at it. Um, I don't know. I just, I mean, 24 hours ago, you know, a large portion of the fan base was freaking out that Steve Alford was going to be the hire. And now we got people complaining that Archie Miller is underwhelming. Look, very, I, very few. I've only seen one person issue a complaint, I should say. So I've, I've, I've had, a, there's been a few that have tweeted us at Crimson Cast and, and they've, you know, there, there have been some disappointment, but for the most part, people re really like the hire people that I know follow basketball closely and, and understand how, how these things work. Uh, I think this was a guy that was in vogue, uh, for a lot of jobs, um, and I really like I like the combination of youth and already existent output. Uh, there's going to be some people that don't think that that's enough, and you know uh, that's fine. But I have a hard time with anybody. I have a hard time envisioning anybody looking at this hire and saying, "Well, I'm just not going to follow IU basketball anymore." Which I did hear with some other candidates that were being floated around with the status quo, with the status quo, or with some right. of those candidates. Yeah. So I mean, this this certainly gets you past that. Uh, wow. What a day. This is, it's interesting. Uh, I think, uh, I just was texting with Andy and Ryan. I think we're going to try and do a show, uh, next week, maybe Monday or Tuesday and break this down even more. Uh, it's just, it's still in that whirlwind phase. Uh, and frankly, Archie Miller is one of the candidates that I didn't dig as much into, uh, as some of the other ones. And I'm excited to go. I know, uh, Evan Daniels did a podcast with him recently, which will be a good listen. And that's really, you know, if you're an IU fan and kind of, you know, you have all this energy and you're enthusiastic and it's like, what do I do next? You know, dig in and learn about your new coach. Listen to podcasts that he's done. Go back and read, you know, old articles. Shoot, watch, you know, some old press conferences. I mean, we've talked so much about how, you know, even, you know, this past season, hearing excuses about injuries and, and some of the things that we heard, you know, we would have liked to hear differently. We'll see how Archie Miller, you know, uh, uh, approaches those kind of moments and those kind of opportunities. Um, because obviously the greatest predictor of what you're going to do in the future is what you've done in the past. And so... It's kind of a, a fun time now to go, uh, you know, it's like uh, it's like Christmas morning. Now we get to go open our Christmas present and, and right. play with it and see, you know, and kind of see what it's like. Uh, and it's uh, and it's a fun time. So, wow. What a uh, what a day to be a Hoosier fan. Any uh, any other angles that we should take with this? Any final thoughts before we uh, sign off and go start digging into this hire? I'm going to throw a couple things out. And this is all courtesy of Jay Horry, who's been messaging me throughout Um so uh, y'all know Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's the, you know the Greek freak, plays for the Milwaukee yes. Bucks. His, I believe, younger brother is redshirting at Dayton right now. 
Um, so that might Interesting. be something that we could see in the future. We'll have to see what it was with that. Um, I mean, he's recruited other like top level players. He recruited Courtney Lee, um, for, to Western Kentucky. Um, and also Has he put anybody in the NBA from Dayton. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I, to be honest yeah, I don't know either. Um, but he is involved as an assistant coach with team USA. And if you want to talk about something that is important from a recruiting perspective, having that extra contact with players that are in the pipeline. Boy, Coach uh, K it, has shown that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's something that's hard to hard to oversell, like how big those connections can be from a recruiting perspective. So, look, I think I really think that we, uh, you know, we, we, we lassoed a, uh, someone that's that's a, a live wire, as they would say, like. You know, this is a guy that um, he's he's shown a lot of coaching acumen. He's shown a lot of recruiting acumen, and um, you know he's a he's an assistant coach for the U nineteen USA team. Um, he replaced Billy Donovan, uh, ironically enough, in that position. So, um, look, uh, I think there's a lot of upside. I think uh, I think there'll be some initial disappointment from people who had been led to think that they were going to get a bigger name, but I think as people start to dig in. Uh, as people start to kind of see what what he does, I think he's going to be making a lot of people very happy. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it unfold. I agree. And now no one cares whether Billy Donovan was in town yesterday because it doesn't matter anymore. Right. <laughs> it does not matter. All right. Well, as I said, Galen, thanks for hopping on last minute. I mean, this was, you know, literally we saw the news and decided five minutes later, let's try and do a quick show, give some instant reactions. So really excited that we did. Glad so many of you decided to join us live. Uh, and thank you if you listened on the podcast as well. Uh, we will obviously have a lot more coverage and a lot more content coming up. Uh, I'll try and round up Andy and Ryan uh, and get a, a show with the usual gang as soon as possible. Who knows? That could be tomorrow. It could be Monday. Uh, we'll see when that will happen. We'll obviously have the radio show coming up next week. And obviously, you should be subscribed to Crimson Cast if you aren't already. We've been telling you about all the great shows that they've had uh, recently. Are you guys, you guys have anything? I mean, obviously, you and Scott, I assume, will be breaking this down pretty soon. Yeah, I think Scott and I are probably going to take 24 hours to digest it, and we'll have a show up tomorrow at some point where we talk about it. And uh, we'll, we'll I'm some- so used to not taking 24 hours to digest anything. It's like instant. <laughs> That's how we do it on the show. I'm, we may not get to wait that long. I'm already getting pressure from Jason Kennedy and a couple of other people about podcasting about this now. So we'll, we'll work on it. I'll, I'll, see, I'll see what I can put together. Do it. Do it. Well, awesome. Well, hey, thanks uh, for having will- me. Oh, for sure. Always glad that you come. Um, if you haven't yet, make sure that you subscribe to our email list. Go to assemblycall.com slash join. You can either start your free membership or uh, subscribe to the newsletter. I sent an email out to everybody right before this went live. So you'll get alerts of live uh, shows when we do it. You'll get our six banner Saturday news roundup, which was relevant. Today's was relevant for all of about five hours because I think the headline was <laughs> answers, uh, answers sparse as speculation runs rampant. Well, now we have the answers. I just had to go cancel the, the scheduled auto tweets because... No one wants to read a, you know, a news roundup that doesn't talk about this yet. So, uh, but what a fun time! What an exciting time to be an Indiana fan. Archie Miller is the new coach at Indiana, uh, and now it's time for us all to dig in and learn more about Archie. So let's go do that, and we will talk to you on the next episode of the Assembly Call. Take care. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. 
So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. From the company that brought you Rocket Mortgage comes Rocket Pro Insight, the innovative product designed to give real estate agents control like never before. With Rocket Pro Insight, agents have full visibility into the loan status of each of their clients, so agents can stay informed on their clients' activity throughout the process and help them compete against other buyers with a verified approval. Plus, agents have the power to adjust a client's approval letter amount in real time. With the document upload feature, Rocket Pro Insight gives real estate agents the freedom to check a client's progress from anywhere at any time. They'll be able to send files on their client's behalf so they don't have to let paperwork hold up the process. That means agents can help their clients clear mortgage roadblocks and close on time. Sign up today at rocketpro.com slash real estate and take your real estate business to new heights. Call for terms and details. Equal housing lender. Licensed in 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Verified approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions.